0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome in to another Pit Panther Rants, and Other sports rants podcast. Happy Tuesday to you guys as it's, you know, the, the work day after Labor Day. Although it feels like a Monday, you know, I'm still recovering from COVID, which I mean for me, it was a glorified cold. I mean, I, I think middle of the week it was bad, but it's like, it just cleared up. Of course I was medicating and taking my, my zinc and my freaking vitamin C all that. I mean, I've been taking that stuff, but you know, that goes. I'm starting to get my sense of t- my sense of taste back. I mean, it wasn't so much I lost it because of COVID. It's because when you're so con- you're so congested, it's like you can't taste anything really. So at least I'm happy that's coming back. That's the worst part I hate about congestion, is when you can't smell hardly can't hardly breathe and you can't taste anything. Although, one thing I will say, though, is why can't Chick-fil-A sell their jalapeno salsa in the stores? I mean, they sell the, the Chick-fil-A sauce. I'll have to check online and see. Let's check the app. Yeah, let's check the app. Because sometimes they do sell the, the sauce on the app. My kids tried that honey pimento sandwich and I was going to try it, but I heard the pimento is cold, and yeah, that's just not going to work for me. But, but then again, I've never had pimento, so maybe that's just how that is, and I'm just not, not educated on it. Let's take a look here. Let's see, they've got the Chick-fil-A sauce, the Polynesian, the, the herb ranch, barbecue, and mustard sauce, honey mustard. I actually like the honey mustard. I'm going to have to get some of that. Because I can use it as a rub for my barbecue. But they don't sell the family... Oh, wait, they do sell... No, they don't. Entrees, meals, nothing. I think you can do catering. Let me see. I know one year for my kid's birthday, I, did, I just did Chick-fil-A catering. 'Cause it was just it was just so easier to do. Let me see here. Let's select Friday and let's select let's say that oh, birthday maybe. Continue. Okay, you get you can get trays, packaged meals, salads and wraps, beverages, breakfast. Yeah, I did the uh the nuggets. It was like thirty-five dollars, which was pretty good. They have a mac and cheese tray. Stay here. Let's go back. I'm getting way off way off course here. The package meals. I mean, you're getting. Let's see. If you get a spicy chicken sandwich package meal, ten meals is nine dollars. You're getting fries. Well, no, you're getting you're getting the sandwich, the chips, and the cookie. I guess, I mean, that's all right. I don't know. We'll have breakfast. The chicken minis tray, that's between $20 and $39. How many, let's see, the smallest, you get 20 chicken minis, serves five. 20 chicken minis doesn't serve five people. I don't care. That's four people per chicken minis. That's wrong. Now the 40 serves ten, but I would say if you're gonna if you're gonna have some, some people that are hungry That twenty minis they can do jack shit The spicy biscuits I can get ten biscuits for thirty eight fifty I guess if you're doing some sort of like meal prep that'd be great I mean, these are some things you can think about. I mean, I wish they had some sort of grilled chicken, but for the breakfast, that'd be cool. But, but anyways, yeah, I can get sauces, but not the jalapeno salsa, which kind of is a bummer for me because I, it's a great salsa. You know? Well, anyways, I'm getting way off balance here, off target. Anyways. Yeah, we're getting way off balance here, off, off course here. Because I I went from uh, talking about the sauce itself to talking about the sauces and talking about catering. That's, that's my short tension span. But back to my original point, I just think that they need to sell the salsa. It's just really good. Okay, so lot's happened since my last podcast. So we'll start off with the expansion. ACC did finally offer... Well, they finally ended the suspense and added SMU, Cal, and Stanford. SMU is not getting much money. I mean, if if you work out the numbers... They're they're going to get paid the same as if they were in the AAC, for the most part. But now they have a seat at the at the quote unquote big boy table, which means they're probably going to go nuts and start buying some recruits up because they will become official members in twenty twenty four, and you know they'll they'll play next season. So I'm sure they're going to, uh, oh, they're going to have fun on the recruiting trail. I'm sure, you know they they've been waiting for this moment for so long. And now they're finally going to get their vengeance. They're definitely going to get their vengeance. I mean, am I crazy about the move? No. I'm not really crazy about it. I thought they should have it. I I thought the ACC should have been more proactive to add more more schools. It turns out that the ACC was kind of proactive. But um, the Big 12 was talking to a lot of these schools long before this, you know, was happening. My guess is that the big 12 saw this was coming. They were more on top of it. And on top of that with the, I mean, if the TV money is going to be similar in the ACC, than like, like it is in the big 12, I'm sure it makes more sense for the, those, for those PAC 12 schools to go to the big 12 because travel isn't, isn't going to be as bad. you know, I'm, I'm nice, it's nice to see that NC State came to their senses and flipped their vote because at the end of the day, if anybody who's really learned about conference expansion for the last, I don't know, probably since the days of the Southwest Conference need to realize that, you know, you're not really united as you think you are. The Southwest Conference was united and that's why, you know, at one point, it was because the Texas, you know, it's because Texas and A and M, the bigger schools, didn't want the smaller schools to look out for their interests. Then when when it all hit the fan, they decided to look out for their interests anyway. And what I mean by that is the bigger schools did, and left a lot of these other smaller schools in the uh, thing. Houston originally should have gotten the SEC. I mean, not the SEC, but the Big Twelve invite. But they just didn't have enough politicians and lawyers, the to, to, you know, that Baylor had, and that's how that happened. You know, I do believe that Houston did. I think Houston at one point did have an option to go to the SEC, but they were told that better deals were coming around for the Southwest schools, and that didn't happen. I, I, I did. Another fun fact: Rice had an option to go. Rice at one time could have went to the SEC. All they had to do was spend money to upgrade their facilities, and that was it. And this was like probably maybe late eighties, early 90, in the nineties, maybe. All Rice had to do was just simply spend a few million dollars and upgrade, you know, upgrade their facilities and you know make upgrades. They didn't want to do it, and now Rice, you know, basically is in purgatory. But, of course, Rice is, you know, was in purgatory long before the Southwest schools broken up. Rice, you know, Rice was, Rice just happened to be a member. You know, they, I mean, they weren't exactly a, you know, powerhouse anymore. Like they were in, like, the 50s, you know. They were just there. You know, and that's that's the thing about a lot of these schools is that, you know, some of them do pound their chests about being in big conferences, but a lot of times it's just, it's because they're they're there. They don't add, they don't add nothing to the conference. They just happen to be happen to be members, which is what Washington State and Oregon State are 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 going to be learning, or they're at least getting a harsh lesson that, you know, where they were Pac-12 members just just because they happen to be members they didn't really add anything of substance to that conference. They were just members. So it's kind of, I mean, it's like, it's, it's like when, when Pitt played Kentucky in the BBVA compass bowl, when there was sec champs from Kentucky fans. And if you're Pitt, if you're a Pitt fan, you're going to laugh at that because it's like, okay, you're Kentucky and your, your football program sucks. You know, you're just a member. And it's the same thing, you know. Same thing with Rutgers. Well, Rutgers, you know, they were just um, they just won the New York market, which is kind of baffling to me. But whatever. But all in all, I think that with SMU, they're just here for a good time and not a long time. So I think you know, I think there's, I think they're just going to have some fun and buy some recruits and break some more rules and. Hey, if it it strengthens the ACC, I'm all for it. I mean, Stanford and Cal, it's eh, whatever for me. But if it adds more money, whatever. But at the same time, why why not just add Oregon State and Washington State and just be done with it? Just grab them all. But I think with Oregon State and Washington State, they're going to have to make that conference viable somehow. Not sure how they do it. They could, they could just, they could just stay at two members and just play each other. That'd be hilarious. Anyways, I'm, I'm rambling on about expansion, privilege, and all that other crap that's going, going around. But um, yeah, overall, I'm not too crazy about the expansion, but I know why they did it. It is what it is. They have to backfill because there's a good chance Clemson and Florida State are going to leave. Which we'll get into the which we will get in the coastal chaos here in a minute because we got to talk about that because we did have some coastal chaos but let's get the pit by chance because we need to talk about that uh, pit opened their season against Wofford against the fighting Sean Watsons pit came out a forty five seven winner. There were some complaints about Pitt not opening up their offense. I saw it on Twitter, actually. I'm not sure if they were complaining, but they were just saying... I guess they're right. I mean... <clears throat> they're gripe they see other teams running up scores and whatnot. I think Penn or just wanted to win the game and just be... You know, that's just how Pat is. He just wants to win the game and be done. But one thing I was looking for was how... The passing game looked, I know in the first drive, it didn't look good. Then Pitt settled down. And, you know, Philly Jerkovic, he had a command of the offense. And it looked like he was on the same page with his receivers. In fact, he connected with so many receivers that, uh, I mean, they're... Him and Mr. Christian Balu. I mean, they had, I mean, there was 12, 13 guys I at least had a catch in this game. So you can't go wrong there. The running game was the running game. Actually, Daniel Carter was a rusher. But I mean, he's a fullback. But, you know, defense, you know, play its ass off like it always does. And,. You no, there was really much else to talk about. I mean, it's it's Wofford. They got Cincinnati coming up coming up next week. That should be a tough game. You know, that won't be an easy one. It won't be. I mean, it's Cincinnati. I mean, they had they won their game as well. But overall, Pitt. You know, was Pitt and. Let's see. Pitt did have a fumble recovery on defense, but overall, the defense for the most part didn't really have to break a sweat much, which is probably a good thing. Other than that, I just you know, there's really not much else to go on. The only thing, I mean, the things I like from Phil, from Philly, Mister Big Philly himself, is you know he's very he's he's a lot more mobile. Then previous quarterback Keaton Slovis, who um, I watched, I watched his BYU game on Saturday, and other than that first drive, once Sam Houston State dialed up the pressure, it, it it looked like I was watching Pitt's offense from last year. It was the same old, same old with with uh, Keaton. and Sam Houston State just—I mean, I think this is—I think this is their first year in Division One, Division One A. It's, I think it's either their first or second year, one or two. But this is—I mean—they're a relatively new FBS team, and they were dialing up the pressure on Keaton. I mean, I don't know. Sam Houston State could easily be like the South Florida, you know, when they when they were coming back, coming into you know coming into FBS when they were just a real pain in the ass. When they had Markel Blackwell and they beat us at Hines, kind of felt like that. But I mean, Phil knew where to go if he had to scramble. He knew where to, he knew what he knew what receiver to find, and the receivers knew where they had to go. You know, to, you know, to, you know to, to keep the play going. You know, that's what that's what I'm, that's pretty much what I was looking for is the, how how the passing game was going to be. And I think we're going to be you know passing game wise. I think we're going to be just fine. I think. Maybe last year we just didn't have a good quarterback play, and this year we do. I think it's, a, it's it looks a, a lot better. I think running game will be fine, but but again at the same time it's Wofford, but it's I mean there's no I mean there's no cause for concern, but you know next week provides that test you know for them. Now as we look at the rest of the ACC. Let's see, Wake Forest beat Elon. That was on Thursday. NC State beat UConn 24-14. I thought this game would be a little bit, well, I give UConn credit. They really gave NC State a, a game given that the, uh, NC State's breaking in, you know, with Brandon, Arm, Brandon Armstrong being reunited with his coordinator when he lit it up at UVA. Friday night, we saw Miami beat Miami of Ohio, to 3 Louisville, the the, you know, the Jeff Brom era, kicks off. They beat Georgia Tech 39-34. Georgia Tech was up 28-13 at one point, and they did Georgia Tech things. And that's that. And let's see, on Saturday... Virginia lost to Tennessee, 4 down thirteen. It's gonna be a long, probably a long season for UVA. Uh, North Carolina beat South Carolina, thirty-one seventeen. Spencer Reller had a nice game. But that's really about it. I just couldn't get in the end zone. You know, Pitt plays in, Pitt plays North Carolina in a few weeks. So that's gonna be a real. I mean, that may be another shootout. Well, I just hope Pitt scores more points this time. Um, Northern Illinois beat Boston College 27-24 in overtime. I don't know, BC, you know the Jeff Hathley area is coming to an end, and really it's, you know, it's just hot garbage. All right. Then Syracuse beat uh, Colgate 65 nothing. Virginia Tech beats Old Dominion for, uh, 36-17. Florida State hammered out LSU 45-24. And Clemson falls to Duke to 7 Now, one thing to talk about this game is that... I give FSU some credit. They put their money where their mouth is. Because I, L- I thought LSU was going to win this game because, you know, they woke up last year. Before it's too late, they but they it was kind of too late for them by that time. You know, Florida State would, would eventually win, and I felt it was gonna be the same thing. But I'm not sure if this Brian, I mean, I'm not sure this Brian Kelly uh, type of thing type of offense is gonna work. I mean, they'll score points, but I mean they there was there was opportunities to punch it in and. One receiver dropped the ball, at, dropped the wide open pass, I think, if I remember correctly. Just a lot, but uh, Keon Coleman, of Florida State, had nine catches, 122 yards, three touchdowns. Now, one thing I noticed about Keon is he was a transfer from, from Michigan State. And... Um, If there's one thing I can say about the Jordan Addison transfer to USC is his transfer didn't sting as much because he was in the Pac-12 and you know Pac-12 really doesn't get much uh you don't really see a lot of Pac-12 games on TV. I mean, I mean they're on TV, you, you know, they're just you just don't notice them. Like they're they're not noticeable. People don't really notice Pac twelve games that the Pac twelve games are on. I mean they're on the television, but you don't they're not really made noticeable. Whereas Keon Col- Coleman is on national TV playing Sunday night and he's laying it up. And I'm sure Michigan State fans are watching that you know, for them having them watch that I'm sure it probably stings. Whereas in Pitt's case it didn't sting because We really didn't have to watch Jordan Addison at all. He wasn't plastered in front of our television screens. Like, here, Jordan Addison. I mean, because it was all about Caleb Williams. It wasn't about Addison. You know, Caleb Williams was the lead singer. Jordan was probably the drummer or the bassist or the keyboardist. That's one thing I can say that's, you know, one thing that's, you know, I can say about Jordan's transfer that, that you know didn't hurt as much as we thought it would. I mean, of course, he was a first round pick, or was he a first round? Let me double check. Yeah, he was a twenty third twenty third overall pick, and of course, he gets the USC tag applied to him because he, it was the last school. Although Pitt made him, but whatever. So, um, Duke beat uh, Clemson. I mean, I I will admit I was harsh on Duke. I wasn't I wasn't buying them. I just thought there wasn't enough enough from last year to show that they were like you know one of the top teams in the ACC this year. And I may still be right, but you know people are blaming the uh, Bo Sweeney for not using the transfer portal and stuff, and I get that but um at the same time if you see if you look at Clemson's resume the last several years the national titles the opinion, and of course the championship appearances and the national titles their program should be able to should be able to attract top talent without having to go to the portal every year but uh, you know they haven't. Um, I think the issue with Clemson is they have not really found a, an offense since um, since Trevor Lawrence left. Ever since he left, that offense has kind of went to hell, and they just haven't really found anybody to pick up the slack. And you know, this game, they it's, it seemed like they didn't punt at all in the second half. They, they were moving a ball, but it's, it's, it felt, it seemed like they were being themselves. And they may still be a dangerous team. We haven't, you know, it's just, it's still the first game. But at the same time, the ACC Coastal, Coastal Chaos is still around. And, you know, I pointed out a tweet last year where I warned people about this. Because the ACC Atlantic members were all pounding their chests about being one conference and no divisions, and of course you had all these people. They were like Atlantic, you know, they were fans of Atlantic member teams pounding, pounding their chest about this. That, you know, this is good because the coastal teams don't deserve to play for the ACC title and blah blah blah. I mean, these are fans of teams that are in Atlantic that don't really, that don't really add anything. They just happen to pound their chest because, well, they play in the same division as Clemson. And I, I mean, I thought that, you know, I mean, you gotta you got be careful what you wish for because whatever madness that was in the, the coastal was going to be now brought into one big, this one big division now. And you just seen it, you know, last night with Duke and Clemson. You know, you 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 can't. You're not going to get. I mean, you can get rid of the Coastal Division, but you can't take the Coastal out of the ACC. But anyways, as far as the rest of the top 25 goes, there really wasn't much. I mean, the Pac-12 supposedly was undefeated over the weekend, and people were saying how how horrible this is. You know, I mean, the the presidents should be ashamed of themselves, and blah blah blah. I mean, they didn't have to leave the Pac-12, those teams. They all could have stayed. Oregon and Washington could have stayed. They could have stayed and worked this all out, but they wanted to go. I mean, that's just how that is. You know, it's just, you know. It's just at the end of the day, you're losing. You're losing TV. You're losing money, and that's what this was. You know, without you know, USC and UCLA, you know the Pac-12 should have did something. They should have tried to add teams, tried to get what they can to get that money up. But they thought they were worth more than just that, and you know, it was all said and done. Right when they were trying to get you know, keep keep the the conference together. I mean, two more teams left for the Big Ten and that was just that was it. But I mean, if they really wanted to stay and make it work, they could have, but they didn't. Oh well, anyway. Not much else happened. I mean, I could talk about Penn State and West Virginia, but we all knew how, how that game was gonna go. And of course James Franklin made sure they covered, so i you know that goes. He's always gonna cover no matter what. Anyways, I'm done here, guys. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not done yet. I forgot about Colorado TCU. I mean, Coach Prime made his, appearance, his, his debut. It was, a, I mean, I'll, I'll keep it brief before, before I get off this podcast. Um, he had a hell of a debut. He put his money where his mouth was. But it's a long season. You know, let's hope he can, you know, if he can get them at least to a winning record, I, I think that he's, you know, he he's backed up his talk. But it's a long season. Anyways, hell to pit. Bye.